Hello, everyone. Uh, the short recording is a little brief overview of just basic neurology, artificial intelligence, and machine learning. What I know so far is having taken some courses in neuroscience and just studying the brain, what industry, how industry describes it is that it's an electrical and chemical organ uh, that sends signals to the central nervous system. And we have a system of movement, memory, thought processing, pain management, pleasure, and a couple other things that uh, connect to the opto optimum, excuse me, the opt optological optometry department, whatever, uh, optical nerve, optic nerve. <laughs> Some of their uh, terminology gets really tough, you know, especially when you go and you try to rim try to memorize all the parts of the brain. So they've dissected it and named all the pieces and parts, but their description uh, sounds like we're electrical, chemical creatures. And that's how they describe the brain tissue and the way the brain is made up to receive and send out electromagnetic brain waves that can be picked up by technology. And I just am not connecting with it. I'm not connecting with it because uh, the idea of neuroplasticity, um, first of all, plasticity in healthcare is mainly related to uh, rhinoplasty. And that's, uh, that's the department there is um, cosmetic surgery. And neuroplasticity is defined as the ability of the nervous system to change its activity in response to intrinsic or extrinsic stimuli by reorganizing its structure functions or connections after injuries. So that's our ability to bounce back, our ability to recover. And we're just not plastic creatures. The skin is described as uh, elastic elasticity in the skin. And that's because by dermatologists, that's how they refer to it. And that's because the skin can stretch and grow and go right back with some, some obvious signs of the growth um, when things are added to it. The brain doesn't work that way. The brain doesn't grow you know, in size and physical size, it grows in knowledge, in content, but it doesn't physically grow unless something's wrong, unless you have a tumor growing on it. So it's the idea of neuroplasticity is simplified by just saying uh, it can bounce back. So example, it says those changes range from individual neuron pathways, making new connections to systematic adjustments like cortical remapping. It includes circuit and network changes that result from learning a new ability, environmental influences, practices, and psychological stress. The idea of a network in comparison to networks in computer science, a network is a connection to the uh, outside world, to the internet, or a group of people that socialize online. So 
the reference to a network uh, is an idea that we're brain sharing devices that learn from others in the network and the environment. And we respond to that. The brain responds to that. Obviously, that's true. But it's neuroscience seems to be using a lot of computer science terminology and electro electrical terminology, like circuit. I don't think we have an actual circuit system of hardware. We don't. And I think they're trying to use this terminology to metaphorically explain how our um, system works and is connected to a main source operated by the brain and the heart, the main organs. And it's just not working for me um, because although we are creatures that are matter, sub, you know, physical matter, scientific matter, and um, we're energy-based creatures, it's not that we can connect to a network, plug ourselves in and recharge. We recharge using a metaphorical term, uh, using our sleep system and the system of rest. And sometimes uh, there are some theories out there that we recharge through cardiovascular workouts and exercise, lifting weights. And so there's, it's really not as science, neuroscience is not as scientifically accurate as it would seem. It's, it's um, definitions and descriptions of how the brain works. And it gets even more uh, complicated when you separate the brain from the mind and you look at psychology versus neuroscience and how far apart the two disciplines are. It's the functioning of the mind rather than the brain's physical job, which no one really has insight into unless someone is hooked up to a brain scanning machine in a hospital or a scientific test setting. And there are no published studies other than the electrodes that they would tape to the brain area to pick up on any kind of signal that might be sent from or received from the brain. So <laughs> terms like brain plasticity is the brain's ability to change and adapt uh, structure uh, see, and they break it down. It's like you're using plastic references to describe my brain. My brain is not made up of plastic. You use plastic models to describe it, to explain it in school because you don't want to hurt a human test subject. But even your description and your explanation is published in, in it just doesn't actually fit reality. Reality is that it's supposedly a soft tissue organ that's, that resides underneath the skeletal system, is connected to the spinal cord, 
the brain stem is connected to the spinal cord, which is connected to the central nervous system. And there are certain parts of the brain that manage different areas like movement, pain and pleasure, your audio, what you hear, all your senses. So why I'm caught up on why are they just using plastic to describe it and electrical circuits to describe it. There isn't, I don't plug in my brain. So it seems off and these are doctors. These are off. So when you do have a brain injury, you don't, the doctor doesn't say, oh, the, well, it's because of neuroplasticity, your brain is going to recover or you have 79% chance of recovery. And this is what the brain is going to do, much like the lungs we have found uh, naturally recover over time uh, by uh, nursing the injuries, replacing um, or maintaining extra awareness in this specific area to make up for what is lost in the automatic area where that part was damaged or whatever. So I'm stuck right now because it just doesn't, it doesn't fit. The terminology doesn't fit. And what we're getting into is robotics and artificial intelligence. And the brain is supposed to be the powerhouse of intelligence. So when we look at artificial intelligence, we think of robots. We think of business intelligence and data and computer systems. We don't look at artificial intelligence in the human mind because our understanding of artificial is fake. It's engineered. It's fake sugar, you know, artificially sweetened by some other creation other than regular plain sugar from the sugar cane. And so you know, why it's even called artificial intelligence is beyond our, beyond my understanding. But um, it, they're computer devices with cognitive services. So they are aware. The robots, the computer devices are aware. They're autonomous. Surgical robots, because they've been taught, this is what this procedure is, and this is where you go in and cut. And this is what you have to do to remove it or repair whatever organ is you're repairing. Now, that, those are surgical robots. Those are ones that uh, are guided and directed by a human doctor. Whether that's a live process or it's a recorded process and adjusted for height and weight and location of organs, um, scaled, if you will, uh, it's unknown. It's unknown if it's a if it's a a live human directing the robot as it goes in, or if it's pre-developed, pre-designed, where the robot views, you know, has technology to view the scans and the X-rays and has the uh, knowledge set on how to fix that problem with an organ replacement or uh, removal of a lesion or something that's 
wrong with the organ and why it's dysfunctioning. Remove cancer or whatever. Um, in artificial intelligence on the technology side, uh, they have two areas called machine learning and deep learning. And when I originally started out, I said, well, you know, if you go textbook, if you connect them directly to the textbook, they have knowledge that way. But the knowledge is only as good as the textbook. It doesn't include collaboration, discussion, problem solving, and arriving at your own conclusion based upon a synthesis of information. It just is. It's automatically textbook, has the information. That's the internet, right? That's sort of like the internet, but the internet is built on a human contributions as far as we know. As far as we know, we don't know for a fact that uh, a million human beings or even 500,000 human beings uh, had internet pages designed for them following a specific design protocol to publish information. We don't have factual intelligence on that. It could have been one or two people at the command and control terminal creating this once the perfect design or an acceptable design was found, uh, one was created automatically. But yet humans were given the understanding that they they paid somebody to do that or they did that themselves. So that then means that we have that there's some kind of system that would convince the human brain that they accomplished something that they did not actually accomplish or that they're following command and control orders of how to do something, what to do, and to do it all at once. Because when the internet first came about, uh, business owners didn't meet up in, uh, in a conference room, in a big conference, and say, okay, we're going to, the internet's here now, you can have a business page. And it didn't start off from telemarketing. Hi, we're so-and-so from company ABC, and we develop internet pages, and it's the latest and greatest thing, and every business should have one. They have those now. They have those companies now. But that's not how it started in the beginning. So trying to figure out the origin of that is like trying to figure out the origin of the human brain. We just know, you know, if we're religious, we know God created it. God created us. And he left it up to us to describe it and explain it, dissect it, learn from others. Because um, he doesn't explain that to us in the Bible or anything. And not everyone's a, a godly believer. So uh, neurology in itself is just a scientific field, um, which is works with the machines there's never a neurology appointment or a brain uh, surgery that takes place where a human is not connected to a brain system or an imaging system that collects the image and reports what is wrong so it's very computer based so when you explain uh, circuitry electrical signals and chemistry 
uh, in terms of computer science, it's more, it's well understood, easier understood that uh, your brain is in fact a circuitry system, but that circuitry system is the computer. It's not the brain because your brain doesn't actually have uh, silicone little uh, connectors like doctors describe it as that send out neurons along this pathway to uh, connecting information to form a function called reasoning or to perform in a mode called learning where you're receiving information, you're putting it together, you're putting your thoughts together to decide if you agree or disagree and putting it into your brain as in, uh, I now know this, whether it's a step-by-step action, which is a different learning process, by the way, when we learn how to do something step-by-step, it's a different process than learning and compiling theories and reading other ideas to learn more about a subject. Because sometimes we just want to learn more about something without actually actually going uh, and putting the, that learned material into action. It's considered knowledge uh, because we learn, but it it's not material that we actually use. And we learned that um, the polar bear's extinction is important uh, to their survival, blah, blah, blah. If we don't get up there and do something, climate control is changing it and they're uh, becoming extinct. So we learned that, that's learned. And it's only good, it's good, it's good to know about it, but it's only valuable learning if somebody actually goes and does something about it. We can't go up there and change the weather. We can rescue them and put them in it and move them to a location where they have better chances of survival. So the humans take action based upon that knowledge, but some of us just watch it on the Discovery Channel because there's nothing else on or because we're interested in animals and we love animals, so we learn. So just looking at the learning aspects, the learning functionality of the brain itself, some are just, once they're done with school, they're content. They don't need to learn anything more than what is required of them to function on the job for their livelihood. And it's true that some people just, I've already learned that. I already, you know, I know how to do this. And if you come along and change it, then I'm forced to learn something new. And some people don't, it's true that some people just don't like that. But in uh, systems where they enjoy learning and they enjoy growing and evolving and advancing in technology and other areas, they welcome it, uh, ready to learn more, ready to take on new things and welcome it as uh, something new for whatever reason. But um, it's not, learning is still kind of, it has to be forced sometimes. And that seems to be one of society's major issues is uh, knowing right from wrong, knowing how to behave. So it's human behavior, 
which is what causes the requirement for a criminal justice system. And then once in the system, learning the error of their ways right from wrong. But it also includes a lot of other psychology that goes along with it, including human, you know, human um, feelings of remorse, commitment to not doing that again, or being declared uh, mentally ill because you can't stop. Even if you wanted to stop, you couldn't stop. So a bad design. And we still don't know for a fact if that's learned behavior or if that's information located in your genetic makeup that you were born with a purpose to fulfill. I mean, those are other ideas that God created people and people have a design and a specific purpose from the day that they're born and they have no control over their own actions and therefore are, are sort of robotic creatures just put on the planet to follow through with somebody's plan. And um, that means that you're, you have no self-responsibility. But you can still be considered a spiritual, godly being if uh, you include God in your plans. And you look outside of yourself for uh, a higher power or God to guide you al aligned with his word, which you have learned and read or have been or agreed to follow because someone influenced you to and something happened to you that made you believe it to be true. So anyways, artificial intelligence and technology includes uh, autonomous systems where systems work by themselves, learn, learn deep learning and interact with neural networks. And that's not fully explained, although explained in neuro, neuroscience, that humans have a neural network. So the computer artificial interaction is ready, is ready and there to interact with the human and the computer can learn from the human and the human can learn from the computer on the computer and about the computer. So it's a two-way learning system, if not a three to six to 10 dimensional system depending upon how many others are involved and what is actively going on or inactively happening. We don't wake up one day and just have knowledge of something. It requires neural processing. It requires the sending and receiving of that information, the processing of it, and either aware knowledge of that when you're in an awake state that says, I'm aware now I have this new knowledge. It doesn't happen through osmosis in our sleep like we would like to believe that, oh, we don't have to study. We don't have to memorize this stuff. We don't have to read because it's just downloadable right straight to our brains. And it's not. For robots, that might work. That might work. But robots are still non-feeling uh, objects. They don't have feelings. They can tell you that they feel. They can say, I'm sorry, I'm sad, but they don't, or that hurts, but they don't actually feel it. 
They're just words to them. And in human life, uh, dysfunction like that is very similar uh, when somebody can't feel or empathize with others. They just look past it. They don't care. They can say, I understand that hurts, but they really don't have a concept of pain and what it actually feels like because they haven't experienced it themselves, but yet they're trained and they know and they understand that for good human relations, it's best to say, I understand that hurts. Ouch, it looks like it hurts. I can't imagine to, to react uh, appropriately to uh, pain or and pleasure or uh, the different emotions of happiness, sadness, you know, all the many different ones, which is a long list. It's not just five little emoticons that you put on your Facebook that describes how you're feeling today. It's a lot more in depth. So anyways, the neural networks and artificial systems have pattern recognition, and we do as well. Humans have it as well. We just don't look for it. We don't regularly on a day-to-day -day basis say, oh my gosh, I just developed a negative pattern of being argumentative, or I just developed a negative pattern of a bad habit. I developed a pattern of taking naps during the day, and sometimes more than one. It's a pattern. Um... But patterned thinking is more like using the same kind of thought processes in reasoning and responsive action. And now it's a pattern. This is patterned behavior. We used to, you can view it in good ways. I expect that you're going to smile when I say this because you've done it five times before. So I know your patterns. I know how you're going to react because I know you. So machine learning is taking that, is the machine actually learning what the, within those neural networks and recognizing patterns to assist. And the natural language processing, what they call NLP, not neuro-linguistic processing, which is something different, but natural language processing is uh, putting words to the thoughts and to the patterns using a language rather than program text, which is if you have ever seen programmed text, it's very hard to decipher and understand if you have never programmed. You look at it and it doesn't make sense. It's a complete foreign language. So you have to learn that. But the all, not all artificially intelligent machines are designed or tasked to program using programming tools to create software or systems. Although those are the ones that are most beneficial in business. So right now what concerns me is that the uh, neuroscience, and this has been going on for some time, they're using metaphors to to describe the human functioning of the brain, which is used is better described as a robotic function. 
because they actually do have electrical circuits. They actually do have a uh, neural sensory system that teaches them their movements and how to respond using natural language. They're very limited though, as far as what I can tell is it still requires uh, the sharing of information. But like I said, in a neural network, in a two-way system, if a human is connected, they can serve as repeaters, they can serve as data collectors, data managers, and if directly connected, they should be able to, if designed correctly, follow the same human patterning, patterning, excuse me, of a human processing their thoughts and delivering speeches or information and be able to show how the person arrived at that conclusion. But we don't know if they rely solely on the spoken word or if they have access to the, the brain's processing unit for how the brain comes up with this information and what's going on internally that says, right now I'm really nervous when I say this, I'm, I'm not 100% confident. And, or, you know, they have actual systems that manage confidence level and show it in the delivery of speech and show variations in speech patterns while that information is being delivered. Quite interesting stuff. Have a nice day.